Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a this is Jackie Cation. Welcome to the Dork Forest. I am at Acme Comedy Company, Minneapolis, Minnesota, their 20th anniversary. And it's my home club. It's my favorite club in the country. And some of the greatest, my favorite people are headlining as well. So I'm going to have a bunch of different guests. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, TheDorkForest.com, DorkForest.com. There is a donation button. Please use it if you would. And um, FreakingAwesomeNetwork.com is very fun website with re- reviews of animation and comic books and the credits are i have a new uh, mixing board so i'll see how patrick brady fixes the audio and then he's great and then vilmos fixes my website mike rickberg sang that song you, you heard and i'm just going to use this intro for all of this weekend's interview so thanks for tuning in and let's get started hey it's jackie cation welcome to the dork forest i am still in minneapolis for the acme 20th anniversary shows and sitting in my hotel room, Ryan Stout. Hi, Hi. you're going to do like 40 of these from here, aren't I'm you? Hoping, I'm hoping. Yeah. to put a thousand yeah. in the can. And you have a nice setup, too. Usually there's a terrible computer involved and all sorts of things. You just hit one button. That's it, just and one button. And we start. And then we start. And because because uh, I have this uh, the Zoom H4, mm-hmm. donations paid for it. Thank you very much, wow. American public. I need to get involved with donations. Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever mm-hmm. donated anything to me. Well. Not even their own time. <laughs> Not even their lives. Their lives before you. Have you ever, uh, have you ever been, uh, uh in the service? I don't know where in, that's going In the from. service yeah, of yeah. the U.S. military? <laughs> yeah, the US No, I mean, I was, I was a Boy Scout for seven years and I'm an Eagle Scout. Are you an Eagle Scout? Yeah. So, uh, when I graduated from high school, I did get a nice letter from the U.S. Army saying if I were to enlist, they would bump me up a rank. Because you were like, an Eagle Scout. Straight off the bat. Yeah. Because you had spent some time being an Eagle Scout. Right. Because I had, camped and i knew about my, hypothermia my already are, and this and yeah that my and nephews and, are going on the eagle scout route uh-huh and um my brother could not be more uh forcing them to um essentially right. he always wanted to be an eagle scout and now he's living vicariously through his children um i was told by my father uh if you're not an eagle scout by the time you're 16 i won't sign the paperwork for you to get a driver's license so by 16, you had to finish all the right, requirements for right. Eagle Scoutism. Typically, you get till you're 18. Yeah. But I had till 16. I think I finished up when I was around almost 15, though. So it was, so y- it was not you, an issue. Do you know how to camp? Uh huh. Yeah. And, like and for that reason, I won't go camping with the average person because I'm like, oh, you're just going to drive me crazy. You're going to have food in your tent. We're going to get animals. <laughs> you're not going to not right. going to know about how to pack for this thing. It's going to rain. You're going to be miserable. What about what about one of those? Uh, Marin was talking about uh, the only time he ever went camping was at a campground, uh-huh. and uh, he was like, <laughs> "So just park there and then set up your tent twelve feet that way, mm-hmm. and then uh, someone's listening to their boombox all night long." So that for me that isn't camping, right? Right. I, I mean, I've I've backpacked like into the wilderness, into the wilderness, and hiked you know sixty miles, seventy what miles. State? What state? New Mexico. Wow. So Wait. It was 60, 70 miles over the course of like 10 days. 10 days you hiked for 60 or 70 miles. Yeah, which with is, a, a group which is of like us. Yeah. 8 or 10 p- miles a day. I mean, that's not right. the end of the world. No. Um, that's easy. That, but it is, it is cause for concern. You know, if you're out in the middle of nowhere and all of a sudden something goes wrong with food, you go, well, we only have so much food for this many days. So right. once you get 40 miles out. Yeah. Then you're four days from coming back, essentially, <laughs> right. unless all of a sudden it's double time and right. you're in like Stonewall Jackson's army. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, dark reference to the Civil War. Well done. I, I left my tent stakes. We, we got up and hiked and then I realized I think I left my tent stakes in a pile at <gasps> the last place we camped. Right. So then I had to go every time we settled down, I had to go find like really sturdy twigs and snap them in a certain way and like uh-huh. hammer them into the ground with a rock. And they only lasted and for then, that one night? Um, well, I didn't want to carry them because there was going to be sticks the next place. <laughs> right. Sticks so, in current nature. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are in the, the forest. <laughs> right. Is there forest in New Mexico? I think Northern New Mexico, desert. yeah. Okay. I mean, when you get to kind of northern New Mexico, you've got the mountains and the forests and, right. you know, I- there's greenery. 
<laughs> I was just in um, Arkansas because uh, Andy, my husband's dad, lives on this dirt road in Arkansas, right up against the National Forest. Mm-hmm. So gorgeous. So beautiful. Uh, I can't take the bugs on the porch. Uh, I would, I really, really want to camp and mm-hmm. a- Andy will not camp. Right. Because he, he said, we went camping a lot when I was a kid. I'm done camping. Uh, mm-hmm. do you have any interest in going That's to the Hyatt? Right. And I do. I do have some interest in going to the Hyatt. So mm-hmm. it's, it's not, it, if it's going to be an either or, that's sure. unfortunate, but the Hyatt's not a bad place. Right. Right. I, I love the Hyatt. Well, that's the weird thing too. Like since, since finishing up in the Boy Scouts. Right. I don't think I've camped once since I was 18. Oh, really? I don't think I've camped in the past 10 years easily. You know, my, my brother Phil sent, uh, his niece, uh, my niece, his daughter. Uh, she wanted, she didn't want to go to college. Mm-hmm. And, my brother Phil uh, has never wanted to go to college, but he's 50 now. So mm-hmm. uh, he went to college. It's over. And uh, so when she said, I don't want to go to college, he was like, oh, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. What do you want to do? And uh, she wanted to go to Knowles, okay. which is that hiking, rock climbing. It's like outward bound kind of thing uh-huh. for winter camping for three months. And Ooh. I think it was like 10 grand or 15 grand Ooh. or something. And he goes, yeah, let's find the money for that. And let's she's like, do it. yeah, let's, let, let's. And, uh, the thing about her is that she's a great kid and she's a very nice young woman now. And, um, but she was always, you know, like every teenager in the world, a whiny asshole mm-hmm. and there's nothing to be done about it. So she is 18 and she goes on this Knowles trip and she journaled about it a little bit on online, right? Cause we all share our everything, uh, every thought in our life. Heaven for friend. Yes. Right. And so, uh, she, the greatest entry. She said, I cried for the first two days when we were hiking out in the Wyoming and, <laughs> and Colorado and all this stuff. And the leader of her troop was like, cry it out. Yeah. Cry it out. We're not you, turning around. Keep, you're going to be here for a while. That's it. You know, eventually you'll just, I guess you'll cry the whole time. Is that what's going to, all right. And, uh, and then he'd keep walking and she said after day two, nobody, she just sort of, and she came out of that experience. Yeah. An adult. Right. It was kind right, of, right, right. She really did cry it out. She really did. I think she's cried out to some extent. Well, it's, it reminds me of those things where they take teenagers who are, you know, have been out, in and out of juvenile hall and they go, oh, right. all right, we're sending you out to the wilderness and oh, yeah. uh, you're going to figure it out out there. Yeah. And, um, that'll give you some solo time. Hope yeah. It all works out. You're going to have to work as a team <laughs> and, uh, learn to work with people you don't like and, uh, Good luck, because there's and, no getting out of this. Right, and it's a life lesson. Yeah, because eventually go, oh. you have to work as a team with people you don't like. Yeah, eventually you settle into this <laughs> thing of uh, sometimes things are bad, and you deal with that. And, yep. Uh, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. be it. Ryan Stout, before we uh, get into your true dorkdom, let's tell people mm-hmm. about RyanStout.com. Okay. Is there such it's, a thing? It's a flash website, which I'm <laughs> upset with. <laughs> oh, is it really? <laughs> it is. That is unfortunate. Uh, uh, d- does it uh, start with music as soon as you type? No, 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 not that bad. <laughs> it's just um, I worked with a designer. I showed right. this person my last website. Right. And she said, yeah, I've got a lot of great ideas for what we can do. I was like, okay, well, I wanted to have this functionality. And I laid out functionality. And she right. said, Great. No, I think we can do all of that. And I said, okay. She said, now, do you want Flash or HTML? And I went, I, I don't know. I right. mean, what do you, what do you think is going to be better? In and the long is, run. are we going to have any problems if you pick one versus the other? She says, no, I think we'll be able to do everything we need to do, you know, and I'm going to be able to do more things design wise if it's a Flash site. And I went, okay. okay. All right. Yep. And I was very upfront with her about, look, I don't know anything about this. Right. I mean, I do know a little bit. I can code a little bit. Right. Like, like if it, I like, have to code my own blog, right. like within the blog structure, I can you know, do that. You know why? Because you know how to Google HTML photo yeah. right. or whatever. Right. I can... You could figure it I out. I can make something bold or italic. <laughs> I can do line you breaks. You can paragraph. I can move a photo around. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's not that hard. Right. Um, and then but, what, but what I was given, tricksy. what I was given does not have the functionality I wanted. 
Ugh. And it looks fantastic. If you have Flash. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> if and if then, you're not on uh, an um, iPad. Right. A month a month after the site went live, the iPad was released. Oh, wow. So it's relatively new. Yeah. Well, you know the guy who did mine? Mm-hmm. His name's Vilmos. He also uh, he does mine. And yeah. I, he gets a credit every time on the episode. Uh, you might want to talk to I mean, he's yeah. reasonable and, 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 he's a, and he's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Like, take a look at mine and see if that's anything. Yeah, yeah, I will. And know that I wanted it slightly cartoony. So. Well, I am of the opinion now that the only reason to have a website is to have a business card for corporate buyers that okay. want comedy. Right. And for some lazy television person who wants to see my reel. Right. And <laughs> that is a strangely yeah. enough, lazy television people will be like, well, where can where can we find your reel on the mm-hmm, Internet? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why don't you Google my name and, <laughs> and you'll find it. It'll be the first thing on there. Right. You know what I love is that my sister-in-law uh, Facebook messaged me. She said, I feel so bad. I've lost your email address. Mm. And I was like, first of all, it's, it's not possible it's on my website. It's on my website. Uh-huh. There's a form. If you're a maroon mm-hmm. and you don't can't read the words Jackie at JackieCation.com. Yeah. And um, so you could fill out that form. Mm-hmm. If you Google, it's like my stepmother came to L.A. one time a couple of years ago and she said, you know what? I uh, she didn't call me all weekend. I've been my stepmother since I was seven. Uh-huh. And uh, she went to visit her sister. And and I called her the day after she was like, oh, I was in L.A. And I said, wait, I live in L.A. You were in L.A. And she said, yeah, yeah, I was there. it was a long weekend. And I was like, we could have had lunch or so. what? Where? How come you didn't call? And she was like, you know, I didn't have your number. Guess who's in the book? Guess yeah. who's all over the book and the internet? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I'm in the business of if you want to contact me, mm. I make that available. Me and Henny Youngman, man. Yeah. It's like you want to, <laughs> this is not an it's, hard It's to an do. odd, odd thing. Right. That my, yeah, my aunt was trying to get a hold of me for my birthday and she, she emailed my little brother and I both and, right. um, she emailed him at the correct address. She emailed me, Ryan Stout at RyanStout.com. Okay, well, I'm just Ryan at RyanStout.com. Right. You're not that far off. <laughs> right. But I know you look at my website. Yeah. And uh, you know, my I'm- little brother replied to her, you got Ryan's email address wrong. This is the correct address. And she's still like on the phone with me days later going, Ryan, I just didn't, I don't have your email address and I want to send you something. Wow. Any number of things. You know, what did you do in 1984? What happened then? Mm-hmm. Was it, you know what you did? You called somebody's mom and then, yeah. and then they gave you their phone number and their address, which by the way, they had memorized for some reason. Yeah. Because now we have email addresses memorized and we didn't have them then. Let's talk. Okay. We're, I, I, I kind of on the same topic, like my aunt uh, does not, she did not have a family. And so. Oh, she is a, she's, a, a she's, single lady. She's now, you know. Uh, approaching retirement. Sure. And, uh, I go to her house. Mm-hmm. And if I'm in Cleveland, I'll go and stay with Auntie Jerry. Sure. And, uh, Auntie Jerry does not have DVR of any sort. Auntie Jerry, I ask, uh, do you have, do you have wireless internet? And she looks at me and says, wireless internet. I have a computer, plugs into a wall. <laughs> we can dial up on the AOL. And I go, really? Dial up and, AOL. And uh, do you use that much? She says, sometimes. It's slow, though. So I like to get on when I'm at work. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you yeah, would. As, that's, that's a good call. Good t- call. I had AOL probably until seven years ago. Mm-hmm. So eight, uh, or dial up, rather, until seven or eight years ago. I wonder if it was when I moved into that. Whatever it was, it's a fascinating story. But the deal is, is that uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get. DSL. I'm going to do it. I'm gonna I said to myself seven years ago <laughs> when other people had had it for a previous five. Yeah. And everybody said, as soon as that happens, you will never want to go back to dial up. And I was like, I don't know if I can afford it. Uh-huh. You know, cause I hate, I'm, I'm and from it's Wisconsin. The fact, the fact is you can't not afford it. <laughs> you can't not afford it. And, and the other thing is, but everyone in Wisconsin, you just, you don't want to say the, the obvious words, which are a monthly payment. It's mm-hmm. a huge thing. You're like, you, what, something just charges your credit card every month? And you're like, yeah, 
Yeah, that's what happens. Yeah. And um and it's and well, I bought my car goddamn on, worth it. And well worth it. And and I'm you know, it turns out I also have other things mm-hmm. every month. Every month. And my mother was like my mother was like, I can't do I can't do a monthly payment. I said, Really? You have a uh, an electric bill. Mm-hmm. You have a phone bill. You have a credit Those are card. monthly. You have a credit card that you pay off mm, every, every month. month. Every, Every month. month you pay that off with cash. With at the you mm-hmm. never go over a certain amount because you don't have more than that mm-hmm. amount because you live in Wisconsin and you're very frugal. <laughs> and, so the uh, the interesting thing to me was Auntie Jerry way behind the times. My right. mother and mm-hmm. father we did this years ago. My little brother and I for Christmas we went. All right, listen, it's two thousand three. Right for Christmas, let's get mom and dad a TiVo. Ooh. And was it when you could buy the TiVo outright? Uh, yes. Sweet. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we bought the TiVo, we set it up, and we said, look, this is the deal, guys. If you want to watch TV, you're going to learn to use this little machine. <laughs> and if you don't learn to use the machine, guess what? You're not watching TV. <laughs> and did it happen? And uh, they Have not figured it out really quickly. Television. And uh, TiVo was a great little device that's very user-friendly. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. went, perfect. And then a few years passed, and HD TV came out, and they bought a new television and their TiVo, their old TiVo, did not work with HDTV. So they had to get, like, some sort of Time Warner thing. Oh, like a DVR? Well, a DVR that came with the service. Right. And they called me and they're like, this Time Warner box sucks. It has no functionality, no usability. <laughs> we goddamn hate it. We, you know, we're getting rid of this thing. We're going to go with some other com- competitor. So they went with, like, ATTU-verse. And they're like, yeah, so we get internet through them and this and that. The iPad rolls out. Or yeah. the iPhone rolls out. My mom okay. was one of the first people to get an iPhone. Oh, interesting. And then the iPad came out. She pre-ordered an iPad. So my mom is younger than her sister. Yes. This is Auntie Jerry's sister. Right. <laughs> and my mom wakes up in the morning, grabs her iPad, and uh, looks at tweets from her favorite comedians. Yeah, she's lying in bed scrolling through tweets. Auntie Jerry doesn't know what wireless internet is. You know that neither of my parents are on the internet? Really? Yeah. Neither of them have computers. And I was like, I was talking to Nancy, my stepmom, and I said... I'm thinking of just getting you an iPad. Mm-hmm. Just getting you an iPad, paying the 25 bucks for the 3G a month. I didn't say that because she would have a, a tweak fest. But I was like, I'm thinking, thinking of doing it. Thinking of doing it. And she was like, that's a good idea. But wait. Really? <laughs> Should I wait until you're 77? Uh-huh. <laughs> what is happening? And so I haven't, I didn't get it for her. And then I was like, I don't know how to. Because I would like, she would like a computer mm-hmm. more than an iPad, but I don't know right. if you can buy, I suppose I could buy one of those 3G wireless uh, USB cards. Yeah. Where then she would just have, or maybe it's built in. I have no idea about that, but. Well, what would she use it for? Looking up things yeah, on the internet? Following tweets of comedians. Yeah. She, yeah, I don't know. Um, my, my stepmother's favorite comedian, by the way, Norm MacDonald. Huh. And I said to her, you know, I do stand up. No? Nothing? No. Nothing. Okay. All right. <laughs> and, uh. <laughs> She loves Norm Macdonald. She loved stand-up comedy way before I ever did stand-up comedy. When did you? Where Where did you start? Um, technically, I did three open mics in El Paso, Texas. Yeah, it doesn't count. No, I no. agree. Yeah. Um, I moved to San Francisco in two thousand one, okay. June of one, and immediately just started getting on stage every just single dipped. night. Dipped. Yeah. Yeah. San Francisco's a great comedy yeah. town. So, um, how'd you get in here at the Acme? Uh, Danny Bevins, yeah, uh, worked Friend with of the me people. at uh, Rooster Teeth Feathers in Cock-a-doodle the Bay Area, doom. Cock-a-doodle and doom. I was the opening act. I believe I was nineteen or twenty at the time, mm-hmm. and um, the middle act was an impressionist. Ah. And Danny, of course, is a purist, as am I. We don't want to see any <laughs> bullshit on stage. If you're not standing and talking into the mic, you might as well get off. <laughs> And if you're going to talk about something, it better be somewhat important. Right. Um, bit of a snob. Bit of a try snob. try to, you know, make me think about something in a way that I haven't thought about it before. Right. And so, We're doing the show together on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you better right. be great. Yeah, I wonder. Um, <laughs> I wonder how it'll work out. So it's the very first night, and this impressionist is on. I've never hardly talked to Danny. Mm-hmm. And we're standing at the back of the room, arms folded, standing next <laughs> to each other. And this guy just starts... <laughs> Just starts yelling. Just, you know, I'll do anybody. Yell out any any celebrity you want. Just yell him out. And I looked at Danny and I said, uh, yell Kevin Pollack. <laughs> and Danny, uh, he, he folded over laughing and uh, 
He, we got along splendidly that week. <laughs> and then you were best friends. And we were best friends forever were- and ever and ever. <laughs> and so when he was working here, he mm-hmm. told his agent, he was like, I'd like to get this kid, Ryan Stout, into Acme. Oh, nice. And, and his Lewis agent said yes. knew me and he was like, yeah, fine. I, I support that 100%. So he told Lewis and Lewis went, well, if, if, you know, Lewis Lee t- uh, trusts TJ Mark Walter implicitly. Yes. yes. So Lewis is like, if TJ's behind it, Great, let's do it. Yeah. And TJ was. So um, Danny said, you'll come up and feature. There's no room for the feature. Right. There's no lodging. Yes. So you'll stay. I'll, I'll stay in the bed of my hotel room. You'll stay on the fold-out couch that you're Aww. currently sitting on. That is amazing. And so we did the entire you like know, four Tuesday days through Saturday, Saturday shows here. I went and did press with him every morning and because uh, it's kind of obligatory yeah you know oh yeah you gotta do press i get to sleep in because i'm, <laughs> I'm in the middle act. yeah i'll see you around 10 30 yeah. or 11 and, and so i middled here and then uh after that week i headlined here ever since usually oh, once a year that's awesome yeah yeah that, that is uh, danny bevins has done you a service he friend. has he got me right in here and then yep. I, I recorded my comedy album at mm-hmm. acme mm-hmm. and so that'll be out december 6th on comedy central records yeah what's it going to be called touche Touche. Touche. <laughs> well done. Yeah. I have to say that uh, I'm, I'm coming back in January, and I never bring a feature because I love the locals so right. much. And and there is no lodging. And mm-hmm. so, but I asked Tom Clark if he could do it, <sighs> and he couldn't. Right. And he was like, oh, damn it, because he's been trying to get in for <laughs> mm-hmm. a thousand generations. Yeah. And so then I, I asked Dan Telfer. You know Dan? Mm-hmm. Out of Chicago? And I don't think we're personally acquainted, but I, you know I, of? I know him. Yeah, I know yeah. what he does. He has 10 minutes on dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. 10 fucking minutes on dinosaurs to the point where you're just yeah. like, are you still talking about dinosaurs? <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, sir. Well I've, done. I have 10 minutes on suicide. Is that a problem? <laughs> Is that like if you're oh. just going to compare and contrast? I got a nice suicide chunk. I hope I, I hope I follow <laughs> you, uh, this Saturday. So, um, so we're, we're 20 minutes in. Let's talk about, uh, Let's uh talk about this nerd-dom. has been great. Let's well, talk about it, some dorkdom. It's weird because it's so you, good, though. you initially said, uh, what are you dorky about? What are we going to talk about? Comedy? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, we could easily do that. We, yeah, um, it's easy it to talk. It seems like a, like it might be covered. I've made my life out of it. So it would be right. easy to really do that. <laughs> and I'm realizing too that, like, when I, I, since I started when I was much younger, right. Um, I was in the car with Dan Gabriel. You know Dan yeah. Gabriel, don't you? Sure. And, uh, he said, you know, Ryan, I started when I was really young, and it's going to be strange to grow up and learn to be an adult while you're also learning to be a comic. Yeah. And he said, I can't even tell you what that means, but you'll yeah. figure it out. And only thing- now am I really... That is the most amazing advice I've ever heard in my life. But it wasn't really true. advice. It was just more like, keep your eyes open and your ears well, parked. Which is the best advice, quite honestly, yeah. because there's no, because there's no way to do it. Mm-hmm. But if you're self aware enough to know that you are growing up. Yeah. While you're doing stand up comedy. Yeah. Then you are less of a dick. Uh huh. Cause you're <laughs> like, oh, because when you're a comic, everything's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Everything's ridiculously hilarious. And, um, in real life, everything isn't hilarious. Uh, <laughs> grab a social skill and work on it. Yeah. And have an entire life. Sure. <laughs> you know, like have an entire life is a big one. Is and the best advice to tell somebody. Yeah. Because comedy is so fucking addictive. Yeah. And it is only one thing. And now you've got so many people becoming, you know, the reason that their comedy becomes famous is because some other aspect of their life was big and important you know like, like they they were an expert in a certain field like who um what? well i'm just who thinking about thinking like chris hardwick chris oh, hardwick, hardwick had a lot of big interests outside of stand-up right and now people are very interested in those in interests yeah and as a result they come to see his, his stand-up. stand-up right yeah. you know there are people who right nobody gave a damn about his stand-up before he had the interest that anyone gave a damn about. yeah or the sklars because the sklar brothers get to go and do sports radio and talk yeah. about sports and they love sports and <laughs> sports could... people are like yeah we love the sklars i wonder what their stand-up yeah like. let's go see their stand-up cool yeah and it didn't yeah when people come to see me they think it's going to be a lot more about video games and and dorkdoms <laughs> and stuff like that and it is some about that but you know i have the yeah, the rest of my life that i talk about portion of your personality right. yeah. I, you know there's that huge marxist leninist chunk i do mm-hmm. amazing the history of you know Locke and hobbes <laughs> and the difference between calvin and hobbes uh-huh one was a tiger one was a little boy yes anyway um but the uh 
my, my political chunk, which I don't have, <laughs> is what I'm saying. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, so com- yeah, comedy is amazing. But that's right. great, Dan Gabriel. And, and it's hard to like. I, you- I learned this recently. I was uh, talking to a therapist about uh, you know when. I get in certain situations. Like I went to Vegas with my little brother and a friend of ours and my girlfriend recently. And we're in Vegas and I felt this great need to be like, okay, guys, what are we going to do? Let's figure it out. Okay. And, uh, all right. So you want to go here? We can go do this thing. We can walk over and see that. Anybody have any ideas? And I mean, we're all staring at each other. Right. And I'm like, all right, well, listen, let's walk down to Mandalay Bay. We'll check out this there and then we'll hit Luxor on the way back and do this thing. And then eventually we're doing all sorts of things that nobody wants to do. Right. None of us, including me. Oh, really? Because it was like, well, we needed some sort of plan. And you needed and there to be a plan. And you guys didn't have a plan. So I came up with something to do. Right. And now we've decided we're all unhappy. And I'm like, right. well, great. Let's lose the plan. What what else could we do? Right. Right. And right. So, um, you know, what did you end up we, doing? I mean, they, they're like, well, let's get drinks and play cards someplace. I'm like, okay, let's that do that. That sounds like a Vegas thing to do. Why wouldn't we do that? Yeah, why wouldn't you? Um, uh, I'll tell you, the last time I was in Vegas, I went to the Liberace Museum twice. <laughs> you know what that is? Good times. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to do. And the first time, uh, nobody wanted to do that. Yes. And then the second time, everybody wanted to do it because uh, I made everybody. And then well, we I'm going to want to go now. Uh, it's closed. Oh. It closed. Well, but I'll tell you, right next to uh, Creepy Riviera, I think it was, that I was playing. If I never play Vegas I've done again, that. I've done that room. Yeah. If I never do that again, I'm good. Yeah. I'm all right. There was 14 a, shows, seven days. A, a, for a nickel. Oh. And uh, the headliner I was featuring was selling uh, his uh, stills from his movie. <laughs> Five bucks each. And uh, it was like, talk about a snob about comedy. Yeah. I wanted to knife him in his sleep. Um, let me tell you, when I worked there... Early 2006, I believe. Okay. I was the opening act. Cause, um, oh my I was God, clearly, you were making two and a half cents. I, I think over the, over the course of 14 shows. 14 shows. I mean, I, I think I made like, well, is it wrong to talk about how much I made that week? No, no, <laughs> I mean, no. The that, thing as the opening act in Vegas over 14 should. shows, I made two grand. Okay. That is, uh, that means that you have representation. I was featuring and uh-huh. I made a thousand. Oh, or twelve hundred. Well, I, I think prices probably dropped too, because you were there after two thousand six, right? No, no, I think it was two thousand six or seven. Huh. Yeah, Christ. Was, yeah, you yeah. What screwed. happened is, is, is I got taken for a buggy ride. Thank you, um, uh, Bud well, Friedman. This was the this was the lineup. Uh, I was the opening act. I was born in nineteen eighty two. The middle act was uh, John Bazaar. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you know John. John, uh, I, I know actually, the name. I saw John Bazaar. In a comedy club when I was 17. Okay. John started February of 82. So he started comedy before I was born. Okay. And the headliner was Mickey Manners. And Mickey Manners was a friend of Red Buttons and Milton Berle. (laughs) And he started comedy 1955. So before John Bazaar was born, he had started. So it was a time capsule of comedy. And uh, Mickey had this... uh, The first day he comes up to me, he's got his intro written out. On the hotel card? stationery. Oh. And um, I can remember it to this day because I had to do it 14 times. Sure. But ladies and gentlemen, sit back and relax. It's time to bring on the star of our show. Yes. And uh, we'll he's approaching the stage. Minutes. He's doing a little shuffle towards the stage. And mm. he, he goes, oh, God. So the audience sees that, you know, there's there's like a oh, back and forth happening you thing here. Up and then the I guy. said... Uh, I said, oh, uh, you know, he's recently returned from a very successful engagement at the International, and he says, House of Pancakes, and everybody laughs at him. And then I save everybody. Oh, and then on the on the page it says, MC, prop laugh. So I have to laugh at his joke at this point. That's in the script. It's scripted. So I laugh. Ladies and gentlemen, your headliner, Mickey Manners. So he gets on stage. And then he's on stage, and I see there's a page two. So it's page two, and it says, when I ask the audience, is there anyone here from our South American countries? Yes. And then it says, MC, Miami, question mark? And then he'll have a response. So I have to sit there the entire show and wait for him to do this bit. Where I'm supposed to yell Miami. Holy. So the first show, you know I have he to say doesn't this. do it. 
He doesn't do the joke the whole show. Forgets it. I sit through his entire show. And I realize I've got 13 more shows Mm. where I should be able to ignore this act and go and dick around for 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. But no, Mm -hmm. now I'm trapped there until he does this joke or doesn't do the joke. Right. So I, uh, yeah, that was my my week in Vegas. That was not enough money. Uh, I feel like I won. Uh, because <laughs> I did my feature space and then I went and I played video, uh, blackjack. Yeah. And then I sold my CDs and the Riviera took 10% and <laughs> sent me a check three weeks later. Oh. And so, uh, yeah, that's brutal. That is brutal, my friend. Brutal. <laughs> um, I am a bit of a snob myself, even though yeah. I've been trying to be more supportive. Cause mm-hmm. you know, I work with Maria a lot on the road and nobody appreciates you know what she likes? She likes an effort. She mm-hmm. likes the effort. She's willing to appreciate the effort. She likes to appreciate the amount of work that someone has tried to put into something. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I want to care. And I try I to care. I care about somebody's try. I want to care about your work. Mm-hmm. And, and I am as supportive as I can be. Yep. But sometimes it's just bad. And yeah. I don't care. Uh-huh. I, I can't. Well, it, it, some things aren't, just don't interest me either. Right. Like, if you're a guitar act on stage, mm. um, I'm not going to say whether you're good or bad. I will tell you that there's nobody in my gene pool that plays an instrument. So my, <laughs> oh, so you don't, so my brain judgment? capacity for your music is not going to be there. And my brain capacity for your comic, the comedy, well, I have no interest because you're playing guitar. Right. But I'll tell you this is uh, I'm going to have Henry Phillips and Mike Furman on. Love I love both of those guys. You know why? Because those are both. the best guitar comics that yeah, I know of. Absolutely. Yeah. Hundred percent. And and Henry's got like didn't he have like a PhD in music or something? <laughs> right, right. Like he's actually knowledgeable. Right, he's actually right. playing great music. And I As I sit there and Mary I go, Mac Oh, has a PhD look in at music. That. Yeah. And See, I'll tell you this. Um, I um oh crap. I had sex with uh, a guitar comic once. And it, it came after me not having sex with anyone for a long time. So I yeah. called a friend of mine. Did he go long? Uh, <laughs> he was a long. Uh-huh. Anyway, thanks for playing. So mm-hmm. the, uh, uh, but I called a friend of mine. And I said, Hey, I had sex. I was very excited about it. And she goes, <laughs> and her first question was, was it safe sex? And I said, there's nothing safer than a guitar comic. And, uh, <laughs> 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 you know that is, crowd favorites. It's it's good writing, right yeah. there. That's just that's good quality. Writing. Yeah, it's good stuff. But uh, yeah, where were we? Uh, so in Vegas, I was like, I had to ask this therapist. I'm like, why am I trying to take over the group? Right. Why am I trying to figure out how the group should be heard? Yeah. And he goes, Ryan, that's what you do every time you're on stage. You're uh, the person in charge, right? And you, you know, the group needs something, and nobody's right. piping up. So you take control of the situation, right? And I went, yeah. He said, so the idea that that, you know, internal need would bleed into your normal life, you're not crazy. That's makes total sense. He said, but when it bleeds in, just recognize that it bleeds in. Another guy telling you to keep your eyes open. Maybe don't don't freak out about it. Right. And maybe you are the guy that should be controlling this thing because nobody has any goddamn ideas. Right. I'm a bit of a bossy magoo myself. I have to. (laughs) So then because I have that confidence, people are like. Yeah, well, maybe the guy be- in the suit walking through this strip club in South Africa, maybe we shouldn't fuck with him. Right. Because he obviously knows somebody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I was there Did with- Did you do that festival in yeah, South Africa? Yeah, two- last, last year, so 2010. Wow. Um, the Joburg Festival. Nice. And one night after Johannesburg. Yeah. Um, do you know Jason Rouse? I've heard that name, I don't- Jason Rouse, comic, he's Canadian, he lives in London now, but, uh- he is a uh, mean, leather-clad-looking gentleman yes. with a grill in his teeth oh. and uh, leather cap and leather. He wears boots a leather and... beanie cap. Uh, yeah, he's that gutsy stuff, he's man. Like a, he's like a tiny. He he looks like a hard motorcycle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when he and I walk into a room together, right. they don't know if I'm his attorney <laughs> or. If he's my muscle, they have no idea, but they just assume there's something. Don't mess with those two guys. There's something wrong there that we don't want to get involved with. Right. And so, uh, yeah, when we, when we meet up together, I'm, I always feel safer. Right. Right. You because it's with just the guy. image of safety. Well, you know, I'm reading, reading this book. It's, uh, uh, by a guy named Ross Thomas. I'm reading all of his books. I am mm-hmm. on like book 19. He died in 95. Uh-huh. He only wrote 25 books. He writes children's fiction he writes children's fiction uh set in like a 
he wrote from 1962 to 1995 and or 94 and he writes political thrillers essentially or okay. journalistic you know tension filled mm-hmm. but snappy dialogue and fun. it's like grisham but blessedly short uh-huh. maximum like 320 yeah and you know it was back in the 60s when you would write a, a book for 180 pages and it was done done and it was awesome yeah so um but the quote the one i'm reading right now is called the eighth dwarf Okay. And it is, and he called it the eighth dwarf because somebody told him once that you couldn't get a book published with the word dwarf in the title. And he was like, fuck you. I can. I can. What do you want me to do next? Exactly. And so he did that. And then, but okay, the quote that, but he said it, one of the characters in this book say, you know, the old saying, it's 1946, uh, occupation Berlin, Germany. Okay. And you know, the old saying, and I was like, I've never heard this old saying. And the old say, have you ever heard this saying? The British walk the earth like they uh, walk like they, it, it, talking about body type and how people walk. The British walk like they own the earth. The Germans walk like they should own the earth. And Americans walk like they don't give a damn who owns the earth. <laughs> and that's what, that's what it feels like sometimes with like Alicia Cooper. Seriously, when we were in the Middle East, she was just like, no, I'm in Cleveland. Yeah, no, I, it doesn't same. matter. It's the same. Yeah. Can I borrow your cell phone? She says to a, one of the guards in Oman at the airport. And she was like, can I borrow your cell phone? He's like, what? And she said, yeah, it's a free Wi-Fi, but I need a cell phone number. We don't have a local cell phone number. And the guy goes, yes, and gives it to her. And uh-huh. then the next day we have another five-hour layover there. And she asks another guy. And the guy goes, no, you can't borrow my cell phone. This is just another Omanian dude. Yeah. And she's like. That guy's a jerk. And I was like, really? <laughs> that guy's a jerk. <laughs> He's just not naive like the other guy is. <laughs> right. The uh, other guy not knowing. Yeah, I'll be pushed around. Sure. I guess I'll just be pushed around by this American lady. I just read a study that said uh, if you if you just say, can I borrow your cell phone number? Like people will say no. Right. But if you say, can I borrow your cell phone number because blank, blank, blank. Just by saying because and giving a reason. Yeah. People go, uh, all right. Really? Yeah. They did. They did some weird study like. Cutting in front of the whole line at some photocopy place. You can cut the whole line if you just say, I need to make these two copies because uh, I need them right away. And that's not even a reason. It's not even a reason. You could say, I need to make these two copies because I need to make these two copies. And because you said because, people go, oh, well, yeah. You must have a reason. I don't have a reason. The only reason I'm here is because I need the... Wait a minute. But if you if you just say, <laughs> I need to make these two copies. Right. People are going to go, great, wait in line. Yeah, we all need to make two copies. Yeah. Weirdo. Uh, but if you say because, mm-hmm. all right then. The human psyche just twists a little bit and the mindset goes, oh, okay. Yeah. We're all we're all fine with this. Even this group of us I standing here. I get talked here. into doing shows that way. They're like, hey, I need you to do this show. And I'm like, I'm already doing a show that night. And they're like, yeah, but I need you to do this show because uh, I need you to do this show. And I was like. Okay. And I yeah. did, this has happened to me twice in the last two months. And then I've had to call back and go, yeah, I'm not doing that show. I'm already <laughs> doing a show that night. And both instances, people have gotten angry at me. And I'm like, be angry. Be uh, super I, mad. I can't care. I don't mm-hmm. want to have a confrontation, mm-hmm. but I feel like you bullied me into, you strong armed <laughs> me because the word bully now, you can't use the word freaking word bully. Sure. Uh, but I got strong armed into almost doing these two shows. And I'm like, oh, do I yeah. have to? No, yeah, it turns yeah, out yeah. I don't. It's my comedy. If it's, I don't, if I don't want to talk with my joke hole, yeah. uh, I don't have to. It's not going to do, it's not going to happen. It's all, it's, it's the only power I have. <laughs> Around LA, I say no to all sorts of things. Oh, do you? Well, I, I just tend to tell people, and it's usually true, I'm out of town, and I don't make any real effort to get booked around L.A. Okay. But if somebody asks me to do a show, yeah. typically, if I'm in town, I say, yeah. Yeah. And so that you, means and- I do fewer shows, which means people are like, when I do get on a show, people are like, thrilled to have me. Yes. They're like, oh, great. Yeah, this is perfect. <laughs> I was, on Wednesday, I was at a, I was at a bookstore. Oh, nice. Me at the bookstore. You at the and, bookstore ch- talking it and up. And it's, it, uh, the people on the show, it's like me and Hugh Moore and TJ Miller. Right. And I'm thinking, uh, okay, well, clearly of those three, um, there were other people on the show, but of right. the, us three, yeah, TJ Miller, he'll, he'll headline the bookshop. Yeah. Cause he's famous. Right. And, uh, TJ asked to go up second to last. This second is, to last. This is after Hugh already did a set. So he forced me to headline the bookshop 
And I'm like, no, you don't get to do that. You're, You're famous. famous. You're the famous guy. I did spend my first five minutes yelling at TJ Miller. <laughs> it was the best. So on our show, don't you think Doug should close? Yeah, I would assume so. He's the famous guy, right? Yeah, he's, he is the one, but I'm not even sure because the show's already sold out. Right. People have tweeted at me saying, oh, we can't get tickets. Right. Um, so I don't know if those people are there to see Doug or if they're there because they're Acme people and they right. just want to see the show. Yeah, yeah. In which case... Uh, Anybody could close, I guess. Yeah, I guess we'll... Because apparently we're supposed to draw numbers. We draw straws or something. Yeah. yeah. And so I figure we draw numbers and then, and then we all look at each other and we nod and we go, are we all cool with this? And then if and anybody then if not, isn't, then we trade. And then somebody trades if yeah. someone is eat, is having some sort of issue. Easy. Yeah. See that I'm already trying to come up with a plan because that's what I do on stage. <laughs> so you I'm were trying a to helper. control the situation. You're a helper. Look at you. <laughs> it's awesome. It's but I like you know, I just I like the fact that Lewis has no interest in doing a lineup. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm not doing a lineup with you assholes. <laughs> <laughs> what am I gonna tell you? One person's more famous than the other? This yeah. isn't about you. This is about twenty year anniversary of Acme me. Comedy Club. It's about me. Yeah, yeah. That's how it's working out. So I love it. Yeah. Let's do I, it. I'm loving it. And I'll close. I'll, I'll close. close after Doug. I'll cl- I'll f- I had to uh I did a uh French restaurant. In uh, Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of... Here's what happens in the Los Angeles uh, American public, is you go out, you think you're going to a bookstore or a coffee shop or out to dinner, and you say to yourself later, oh, there's going to be a comedy show, because <laughs> that's what happens. Yeah. Uh, I actually had the first night of a sh- some show, and I was like, do these people know that there's a show? And so I went table to table, and I said, you know how you thought you were just coming out for a drink? You're going to have comedy coming at you in about five minutes. Feel free to leave. Feel free to give it a shot. Yeah. Might be fun. Yeah. And the, and many of them stayed until someone sucked. Mm-hmm. And then they had to go. Mm-hmm. But, and I don't begrudge them that. No, but, not at all. Uh, but I was doing the French restaurant Tex over in Echo Park or yep. wherever the hell that is. Yep. And Nick Swartzen came out, a Minneapolis comic. Mm-hmm. And he had just uh, sold pretend time. And it was just coming out that Sunday. And so the entire audience, there was like a hundred people there. And they were all there to see him. And he said, he did exactly that same thing. He's like, can I go next? And it was second to last. Yeah. And I was the only one left. Yeah. And he, and I said, so I have to follow you. And I said, can I have all of your credits? Can I just be introduced yeah. as uh, being the star of pretend time <laughs> and working with Adam Sandler? And he goes, don't be like that. And I was like, don't me. No, don't be like that. Right, How right. about you be like that when you have a giant bodyguard with you? And I was like, I don't know if that's your lover or your bodyguard, but it was this <laughs> giant black guy who I was like, who's that guy? Who's and he? he? And Nick was like, oh, that's uh, that's Larry or whatever his name was. And I was like, hi, Larry. How's it going? And I stick up my hand and Larry's giant arms folded dude. And he was like unfolded slowly like a bear. <laughs> shook my hand, put my hand in his paw. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but uh, so I had to follow. I mean, and everybody could follow everybody. It's a weird thing that uh, the idea of being the most famous person on the show, yeah, and having that cachet, and then also losing the pressure of being the closing act, like that just ups your chances of winning like so yeah. much more. That's yeah, that's- yeah. And now you're just gonna take that, yeah, because you, now they're just nice and warm. You can I also have the sweet spot? Would that be great? Can I go fourth? Mm-hmm. Would that be all right mm-hmm. in a, in ten minute sets? <laughs> I don't know if if you get this, but I still every time before I get on stage, I just go, "Well, this might suck." I don't know if I will be able to pull this out. Maybe these people will hate me. In L.A., I get that only because I'm usually doing new material. Right. And I'm like, I wonder how these sure. hipsters will enjoy, the bearded youth will enjoy my my presentation yeah. of whatever thing that I'm willing to do. And it's my opinion that any good comic does have that hint of self-consciousness. Yes. To be like, uh, this might not go well. What do you... Uh, and so what I'm saying is... It's no, it, maybe it's not such a big shock that good comics are the ones going, yeah, yeah, I really don't want to close out the show. <laughs> right. Because they, they have that inkling of this might suck. This might not and go. Then and then I then look everyone's... really bad because I am the most famous one and I'm the last comic. So I've disappointed everyone. Right. So if I'm not the last comic, then maybe someone will enjoy it. Uh-huh. And uh, someone will go up after and, me and it'll be fine. And if somebody goes up after me and I did great, well... They'll be fine. They should be fine. They they're, should be. They're funny. I trust you them. You know what? They're not even thinking about that person at no, that point. Not. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> they don't care. They're done. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's true. It's But I like, I do like in LA that you can try new material all the time and the audience is usually very receptive. Mm-hmm. Though I do not appreciate 
because I have to work on a, a joke as well. Yeah. Uh, for the love of God, uh, I do not want to come out with my my the six minute version of whatever new joke I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my yeah. You want to hear the two and a half minute version, which is still a minute too long. Right. And well, I I think a general LA audiences don't know what it's like to hear a comic. Uh, get up and do proven material. And do their act. Right. Yeah. You know, watching the shows at Acme. Yeah. Watching last night. Yeah. You're watching somebody do a killer 20 minutes. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? Even if you headline mm-hmm. in LA, usually. I, w- I walked into a room in LA once and they're like, uh, yeah, man, you can do as much time as you want. I went, really? Great. At 20 minutes, at 18 minutes, I start getting a light. Oh. And I'm like, I thought... I, I could do I could as do... much time as I wanted. And they were like, yeah, we figured you'd probably do around 20, though. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's a cap for you. 20. <laughs> yeah. Um, I could have done an hour more than that and been right. satisfied. Right. Uh, Here's my thing about, about L.A., and I don't have any compulsion to – I will announce to the audience if they're not liking my new stuff. I'm like, people, I'm going to the vault. I don't have time for you and your kind to not like me. So uh, here's some jokes that do very well mm-hmm. everywhere else. Yeah. And, uh, and now you're going to hear them and enjoy sure. them. And I've, I've talked about Bossy Magoo. I'm like, you're going to like this, <laughs> Tiger Lily. And uh-huh. they do. They, they There's a little bit of staring because they're like, oh, I get it. You know, instead of that genuine laugh because they're like, oh, you're writing something on the fly and you might say something funny. Uh-huh. You're like, yeah, this is a joke that works uh, yep. 300 nights a week We're a done. year. We're done with it. Right. And <laughs> they just go, oh, okay. But if they're, if they're tricked into laughing at something brand new, sure. that's what they like better. Yeah. They like b- better being tricked into laughing instead of them me going, guess what I did? I worked on something. And then mm-hmm. it- <laughs> I, I take it a little further. I'm, I'm very defensive. So I like to put, <laughs> I like to put it on them. Oh, dear. And so um, I will be, all right, here's four proven jokes. Right. One, two, three, four. And I, all right, see, here's what happened, guys. You didn't like any of those. Mm-hmm. Those were all proven jokes. Right. And the first one was clean, and you didn't like that. Right, right. The second one was a pun, and you didn't like that. <laughs> Third one was a story, and uh, it was kind of mean. And the fourth one was uh, really dark and kind of disgusting. And so I went all four directions with you guys. I took you around the comedy map. Yep. And you didn't hop on board for anything. Mm-hmm. So you didn't give me any sort of place to take you off into. Right. We could have done anything. But the fact of the matter is you guys don't know what you want. Right, right. Because if they if they would have loved the pun, you would have done another 12 yeah. minutes on that or yeah, whatever. Let's, let's, what, what else is word-based that's kind of stupid? <laughs> You know, right. oh, you guys like it dirty. We can go dirty. We can That's go dirty. fine. I'm not excited to do that. But if you guys have been hard for the show already, yeah. now I'm just looking to do a few minutes and get out of here. Right. Though I do, again, with the judgmental, I, I will sometimes watch comics on stage and I just, if they're not doing well and it's not my kind of comedy, mm-hmm. uh, I tend to want them to get off stage so I can do it right. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, just get off. Get off. Uh, I will on. go to the vault. I will do some new stuff. I'll do your time and my time. Just get off. And that's not fair because everybody needs to get up if they're ever going to learn. Yeah. So. I start getting very kind of antsy if somebody's on stage and not doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, then my adrenaline will spike and I'll be like, oh, I get to go next. I yeah, get yeah. to, okay, no, this crowd, this crowd is primed now. <laughs> they, they didn't like this guy at all. They clearly don't have any sort of expectations or right. they're 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 gonna hold back because for me i think a lot of it is just a game between me and the crowd right where, oh i think yeah i yeah, think yeah, so yeah. so it makes every show very live for me it's like i do enjoy watching someone who i know is hilarious mm-hmm. eat it right always fun always fun because they will if, if they're hilarious they kind of fight back in some ways. Right, because you, you know? can see the flicker of rage in mm-hmm. Chad Daniels' eyes if they don't get one of his jokes. And you're yes. like, yes. Yes. Go there, Chad. Do it. Do it. <laughs> and I'll just giggle in uh, the back like people, a crazy People person. have said that about like my Comedy Central half hour. They've said, it seems like you were battling the crowd. And I go, yes, I was. Yeah. I was battling the crowd because uh, they were tired. And yes. it was my Did you go special. second? I did. I went second as well. I can always tell when somebody goes second. It's almost instantaneous, the crowd yeah. reaction. I think Ron like, White was right before me. Yeah. Thank you. 
by the uh, way. Pete nice Holmes, booking. Pete Holmes did 42 minutes of uh, his... 22-minute... Special. Yes. And uh, he was very apologetic and wanted to make that public. Pete Holmes came up to me right, right afterward. He was like, I'm so sorry. They were just laughing so hard and this and that. And <laughs> so I did the, I did my full time. Yeah. And I just went over and I went, no, don't, that, that's nothing fine. Nothing you can do about it. I have nothing against you for that. But yeah. now I have to go out to a crowd that uh, is not warm. Right. They're, they're tired. They're tired. And mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's the way it's going to be. And I will fight them. Yep. And that's fine. And then you will watch that. Mm-hmm. Lori Kilmartin's uh, half hour. Uh-huh. Uh, she, uh, she said, you, if you watch it knowing that I hate them, uh-huh. uh, it's more fun. <laughs> and I, I did. I watched the Lori. I was like, Oh my God, she's furious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the jokes are great, of course. And, mm-hmm. uh, and the, and the show is, I mean, mine was fine. And, but it was, it was, they were tired and I was just like, Come on, you bastards. Yeah, let's and do it. Let's just do this and, eh, whatever. When did you record yours? 2009. Okay, so it's in rotation right now. That, Mine's when done. I did it? Mine's done. Yeah. I think 2009. I did mine in 2003, back in the 12th century. Yeah. Yeah. Back and in the day at that, at that nice theater they did it at. Yeah, what are they doing it now? Different uh, theater? Did you do Premium Blend? I did. They do that theater. The one in L.A.? Oh no 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 the the premium blend when they would film in New York at the I did premium blend in like ninety nine Christ yeah, yeah yeah I'm a season season comedian uh yeah I've been marinating in uh, in comedy <laughs> for quite some time I'm almost ready to go on the grill it's gonna be sweet awesome but uh, yeah so who who do you want to love because that's all we're doing by the way we're just talking about comedy now who do I want to love yeah who who do you want to who do you want to plug like who like I think nobody knows about Aaron Foley, and everyone should know about Aaron Foley. Mm-hmm. She has a half-hour special. I'm, yeah, I'm a big Aaron Foley fan. Aaron Foley, silly, smart, awesome, yeah, and just crazy funny. Sure. And nobody, nobody couldn't buy a break. Not true. Perfectly good career, I'm sure. Yeah. But people, but I, but I like to plug people that. I I mean I. What's weird is the people that I always talked up yeah. are people that uh, oh, they're doing fine. did well on their own. <laughs> right. You know, they didn't need me talking them up. Right. I've been talking to Maria Bamford. Guess yeah. what? It's all it's all good. She, it's all she, working it out. It worked out for her. Yeah. You know, I, it must have been like 2006, 2007. Mm-hmm. I started telling people, ah, Kyle Kinane. I Got cannot it. wait. If Kyle's on the show, I'm excited to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And people would be like, oh, Who's yeah, that? I like Kyle. He's good. Mm. Really? I'm talking him up because I think he's amazing. You right. think he's good? Yeah. Do you need? Are you waiting for some sort of buzz to happen before you can agree with me? <laughs> that Hollywood you can agree guy? that he's awesome. Yeah. And now, uh, now people, people listening to this are going to go, "Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, you were the first guy to like Kyle Kinane, sure." Well, he, I <laughs> in mean, retrospect, you you knew, and I'm I'm like, yeah, well, whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> what? I'll tell you, he did that the animated uh, bunny's face fucking mm-hmm. bit, mm-hmm. and that's where I got my animator. Because I saw the you guy saw who that. I saw that, and I was like, "Who animated that?" Because the guy who animated a guy named Greg Franklin. Yeah, he came up with so many funny images just yeah. in the background of that bit. I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, he makes the bit even funnier." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "I want him to do that for me to, mm-hmm. for my release of my album." And so he did my L.A. animal pet thing. Yeah, and uh, and so and made it genuinely funnier. Sure. But I am slightly because whenever anyone I did that gig in Chattanooga because. They, uh, the, the kid told me that uh, Kyle did it uh-huh. and James Adomian did it. And I was like, I want to be cool. Yeah. I did a club that uh, Kyle Kinane did and uh, I texted him. I'm like, hey, I'm doing this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that you were here. How is it? And he just writes back. He's like, that place sucks. Oh. And I'm like, well, okay. Okay. I um, didn't I didn't take it because he did it. It was a club that came my way and I okay. went th- like I had an was, offer yeah. and I was like I've never heard of this place. But then you saw his name? But yeah, Kyle's going to do it, I guess. Yeah, it's we'll probably it good. Yeah. And well, I uh the guy told me that that uh Joel told me that that both James and Kyle had done it. And so I emailed both of them. I was like, "How was that gig?" And they both said, "It was great." It was mm-hmm. awesome. But Chattanooga, Tennessee, there's not a lot to do there. So the audience was so on board. Yeah. They were like, what weird thing do you want to talk about? It's my favorite audience. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, what kind of weird story? Will it have punchlines? I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. I'm, How about now? I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for them. See, that's such a different audience. Like when they're like, oh, I'm ready for something versus yeah. leaned back going, all right, what's this going to be? Mm-hmm. And you go, oh, so there's no excitement here at all. Right. I, I want to explain to every kind of crowd, like, do you realize that I've seen the absolute worst comedians <laughs> in the world 
do comedy night after night, do the same jokes again and again. It never works. And then I see that same comic do those same terrible jokes in front of a great crowd and the crowd goes wild. Yeah. I said, you kind of, you should realize this is a little bit more about you than it is about me. Yeah. And if you're That's willing, if you're willing to make this a show, it's going to be a show. Like you, yeah. every show you go to can be amazing if you're going to scream and yell and clap. Right. And, but I've also seen really good comics struggle with really great material because the crowd was just being lazy and yeah. leaning back in their chairs and having a sense of entitlement. Any entitlement in comedy, I feel, kills it. On if either the, side. If it's the comedian feeling entitled, if it's yeah. the crowd, if it's the club owner being like, yeah, well, this club's been here forever, so we don't need to give you a hotel. We'll put you up in a condo. Okay. <sighs> entitlement. That already tells me how this week's going to go. Right. I almost don't want to go. Yeah. And, uh, I, I don't do a lot of clubs with condos anymore because I always spend the first day cleaning the damn condo <laughs> because I'm a girl uh-huh. and I don't, and, or, I'm Todd Glass yeah. because I don't want to live in squalor. Yeah. I can't take I'm, it. I've grown up. Yeah. I'm an adult. I'm an adult now and I'm going to need there not to be bed bugs yeah. and or whatever creepy. I don't want to take those home. I don't want there to be anything sticky. Yeah. Happening. I want to, I always want to take the, the blanket that I'm supposed to sleep with mm. and take it to the club owner and say, I'll put your face on this. <laughs> no, go ahead and put your face on this. Why won't you put your face on this? Because yeah. it looks filthy. You want me to sleep in this, but you won't put your face on it? Put yeah. your face on it. <laughs> or give me a hotel. Put your face on it. Um, the first time I did Tucson, I knew that, and I had heard nightmares about the uh, the condo. I I just booked a hotel. Went on Priceline. Got an amazing deal at the Sheraton Resort for $40 a night. Wow. It was amazing, quite honestly. Yeah. And I and I drove so that I would have a car yeah. to Tucson from LA. It's only mm-hmm. eight hours, yeah. seven hours. Not bad. And, and so... When I got to the club, he was like, so you're not, you're not staying at the condo. You're staying at the hotel. And I said, yeah, I can't do a condo. It's not you. Um, it's, uh, I just, I can't ever. And he said, well, we're thinking of just getting a hotel. And I said, yeah, you should really, you should really do yeah, that. Do that. Anyway. I, I, I do want to talk about entitlement though. Yeah. And going back to the question of who do I like that's yeah. coming up. There's this kid, uh, Angelo Bowers. Who uh, started I've in San Francisco and lives in LA and gets around and does. And actually, um, Recently, this isn't funny, but his chest was hurting, so he went in. They found a tumor next to his heart, and Whoa. they were able to remove it. And he's fine. He's going to be great. Right. But uh, Angelo, first time, first few times I saw him, I was like, "Oh, this guy's amazing." Yeah. So then I was booked at the Improv. They're like, "Who do you want on the show?" And I'm like, oh, "I want to get this Angelo Bowers kid on there, and I want him to host because he'll just call things back throughout the night right. in a very David Letterman style, oh. where it's like, and it's it's." It's not even like Letterman does it. It's definitely his own thing. Right. But he'll call back something in a way like... That's just awesome. It's not... It's it's something that... You know, Letterman sits there. A piece of cake, Paul. Piece of cake. <laughs> right. It's my diet every night. Piece of cake. And then later <laughs> on in the show, a single piece of cake. <laughs> and it's just those weird abstract callbacks. And right. Angelo does those, but in a, in a different way. In his own way. So I wanted him on the show, and I think he's amazing. And... Mm-hmm. uh uh, impossible to get in contact with. Yeah, like really? people, people are probably listening to this on their internet computer type things right yes, now. Look yes. up Angela Bowers. See if you can get in contact with I'm him. I'm gonna you try to put him in the notes. You can't, you can't find him. He doesn't have a website. He did no website, no Facebook page. And then finally I got an email address and it was, well, I can't say what the email address right. are, but, uh, poopycaca.com. Um, yeah, it was clearly a non-professional email address. <laughs> right. And, uh, I'm like, okay, so you need a little more entitlement. <laughs> like you're, oh, right, you're right. really good at this. So I think you should feel entitled enough to put yourself On into the, the internet. public, you yes. know, sphere. Much, um, yeah. My mother couldn't find him. Yeah. So, absolutely um, not. Right. And what about, yeah. There's, there's another kid, uh, that I love. I, uh, this is the only person I've ever seen in a comedy club do a guest set that like caught my attention. Okay. Um, that wasn't already like a professional. Right. Um, I was in Philadelphia working at Helium and, uh, they're like, yeah, we're going to have this kid do guest set. Mm-hmm. And my feature act knew him from Austin. Right. And he was a DC guy. So he just took the train up from DC. Right. Nick Mullen. Mullen. N-I-C-K-M-U-L-L-E-N. Nick Mullen. Right. And I watched him do seven minutes and I couldn't put my finger on what I loved about it. Right. But I was just like, yeah, I love it. I, I absolutely love it. That's amazing. So then I had him feature for me someplace else. And it was amazing that during 
the great shows and during the bad shows, his cadence kind of stayed the same. Really? So I'm like, oh, you're not going to be talked down by lack of response <laughs> from the crowd. You're actually up there and you have ideas and jokes and you're going to sell those. And you're, and, and they're going to be and on board. And they're going to accept them or they're not. And that doesn't, that's, that's the way it should be. That is I like you even more now. Yeah. So, um, I tried to help him out. I'm like, why don't you have a website? He's he like, also hard eh, to find. I, I had one and it was stupid and I didn't like it. So I took it down. And he was the other one. I had a conversation about him. His website's kind of more of just a business card for corporations now. Yeah. Regular people will find you on Facebook and right. Twitter, and, Twitter and, and all else. that. You're on Twitter. Yeah. Right? At Stout Ryan. Stout Ryan backwards. Ryan Stout's a programmer of some sort. Oh, but anyway, yeah. Nick, Nick again, great comic, right. no web presence, but now he's on Facebook. He's on Twitter. He got oh, a good. website up. He got some representation. He lives in LA now. Oh, nice. So, uh, let's keep pushing him a little bit harder. Yeah, yeah. A little bit more. Yeah. And now, now, Kyle Kinane, people. Yeah. And now I'm calling Note. this in advance. Note it. Calling this one in advance. Here we are, beginning of November. And it's kind of a self-fulfilled prophecy, too, because if I push him hard enough, <laughs> people will kind of hop on board and be right. like, oh, I guess it is a thing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so this will probably go up, uh, closer to end of November. Where are you working? People end can check out. of November. Ryan well, Stout. Well, uh, Thanksgiving com. week, I'll be in San Francisco at Cobb's Comedy Club. I'm, I'm doing Sunnyvale. I'm doing oh, Rooster Teeth Feathers. During Thanksgiving? Cock-a-doodle-doo. Cool. Yep. Yeah, maybe we, I'll have a car, so. Oh, will you? You can have a car. You I'm gonna have a car. Oh, yeah, maybe we meet up. for lunch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, uh. You're doing uh, cops. December, December 6th, my album will drop on Comedy Central Records. That's it. I'll so, have a link to that. So, look that up. Look that up. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this has been a lovely. We didn't talk course. about video games at all. We'll save it for the next one. That's it. Video the- games and evolution. <laughs> evolution and evolution dork? Kinda. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat, my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?